Well, good morning once again. I, I just had a flashback moment. You know, there were a number of months last year where I would come up here on, on Thursday and Eric and Chris were here to record and I would preach to an empty room and it sounded a lot like that. <laughs> good morning once again. Okay, all right, you're with me, you're with me. Praise God for that. So as, as Chris mentioned, this is the final message in this sermon series. And I, I, I didn't plan exactly how many messages it would be, but I think that we have, we've reached a nice closing point, and it just so happens to be the seventh sermon which in the Bible is a symbol of completion, of perfection. And while I won't claim that this sermon series was perfect, we are bringing it to a, a completion. And this final sermon is going to be a little bit shorter, just because we are going to have a communion service afterwards. But I hope that you find that it is power-packed. Over the last few weeks... We've talked about the lack of love in today's world. We've looked at fear. We've discussed the dangers of an unforgiving heart. What it means to search for hope in a hopeless world. We spent a sermon talking about end time anxieties. And last week we zeroed in on the feelings of guilt and shame. And many of these worrisome things are simply the reality of living in a sinful world. And that's, that's bad news. But fear not, dear friends. The good news is this. We've looked at these ailments and infections caused by sin, but we've spent most of our time focusing on the truth that Jesus is the cure. Our sermon today is entitled, The Overarching Problem of Sin. You know, everything harmful, everything negative or destructive in this world falls under the same umbrella. And that umbrella is called sin. Sin is at the root of every bad thing, every evil plan, and every horrible situation. And the thing is, when we talk about sin, it's not something that we can just project onto others while removing ourselves from the situation. We're all in the same boat, right? And Paul, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's a pretty cut and dry situation. We can't deny this reality. We can try, but when we do, we become self-deceived liars. And that, that might seem harsh, but John tells us this in 1 John 1, 8 through 10. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But praise God, the, the verse doesn't end there. The thought doesn't end there. He continues, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So there's some tough stuff in this verse. 
at the beginning, at the end, but sandwiched right in the middle is something beautiful. We can confess our sins. We can go to God with our faults, mistakes, failures, and even our willful lusts. Those sins can be forgiven, and we can be cleansed. But how can this be? Right? We, we did the bad deed. We've all committed the sin. Don't we deserve the punishment? Don't we deserve to pay the price? As we've learned over and over in this sermon series, though, Jesus is the cure. The most well-known verse in all the Bible describes the solution to the sin problem in this way. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God loves us. Did you catch that? God loves us. And because of that love, Jesus came to this earth. Whoever believes in Jesus does not have to die the second death which is the wages of sin, but can have instead eternal life. And how do we know what form of love is being talked about here in this verse? If you read a bit further in John's gospel, he makes it more clear. John 15, 13 says, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. So according to the Bible, the greatest form of love is what is called self-sacrificing love. Self-sacrificing love. And this is exactly what Christ showed us on the cross. Self-sacrificing love, the sacrifice of Christ on our behalf in order to reveal the Father to us and to wash away our sins is the great truth in which all other truths cluster around. It is the express image of mercy and regeneration, of salvation and redemption. It is our only hope. Upon the cross of Christ, mercy and truth, they clasped hands. Righteousness and peace kissed. You want to reach the world with good news? Well, there it is. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, humanity, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Did you catch that? It wasn't when we showed that we could be good or that we could clean up nicely that God showed his love toward us. No, it was when we were most wretched, most miserable, most naked and blind. It was in our most sinful condition that Christ looked at you and at me and said, I love them anyway, and I will die so that they can know that, so that they can see that, so that they can experience that. 
This is the message that can melt the hardest heart and move the most stubborn mind. Hanging upon the cross, Christ didn't just tell us the gospel, he was the gospel. And as Christians, as Christ followers, this is our message, our argument, our doctrine, our warning to the unrepentant, our encouragement to the sorrowing, and hope for every believer. If we can but fix people's eyes upon Christ, we can step aside and we can allow them to focus all their attention upon their Savior, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. We might not fully understand it, but Jesus' blood is powerful. It's powerful. A couple of years ago, I preached a sermon entitled, The World's Most Powerful Stain Remover. That stain remover is the blood of Christ. As John writes in the final book of the Bible, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. He loved us so much that he gave his life up for us. And not only that, but his blood has the power to wash away our sin. He can take our dirty lives, and make them, as Isaiah says, white as snow. We know a little bit about white as snow here in Oklahoma, right, after the past few months. Once again, as maybe you've noticed in all of these verses that I've shared, all of this was because of love. Peter spoke the truth when he said, And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. And Jesus' love for us didn't just cover up our sins. As we read in Hebrews 10, he did away with our sins completely for all of time. Thrown into the depths of the sea, never to be seen again. But that doesn't mean that we just sit around waiting, sitting on our hands for Jesus to come back. No, we've got a job to do. And as Christians, saved by grace, we are to imitate Jesus. That's what we're called to do, to imitate Jesus. Christ's life is our lesson book. Christ's life is our roadmap in this world. His example is to inspire us to put forth untiring, self-sacrificing effort for the good of others. In John 17, Jesus prayed to the Father that we should be one with each other and with Christ. Jesus is our example. Jesus is our substitute. 
His crucifixion was our crucifixion. Do you realize that? Paul realized that. In writing to the church in Galatia, he wrote this. I have been crucified with Christ. Galatians 2.20. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There's that word again, love, right? And it's followed up with this image of self-sacrificing love. We are still living within our carnal flesh. But by faith in Jesus and in conjunction with his Holy Spirit, we strive to be like Christ. We allow him through his spirit to live in us and through us. We become like Jesus, living out the perfection of self-sacrificing love. 1 John 3.16, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Love has now come full circle. Do you see that? Love is the answer to conquering sin. God loved the world, so he sent his son. Jesus loved the world, so he gave his life that we may know his love and experience the power of redemption that it brings with it. We then, through the power of the Holy Spirit and a desire to follow the teachings of Christ, we learn to love the world, putting others' needs before our own. Not easy, but it's the task that we've been called to. It's the example Jesus gave. And if we can do this, we will thus reveal the character of God. And eventually getting this message out to the world so that Jesus can come back and end this sin problem once and for all. This, dear friends, is why we celebrate Easter. This is why we say the devil is a defeated foe. This is why we believe that God loves us. This is good news. It's the reason why it's so important to remember that no matter the sin, no matter the struggle, No matter the lie, no matter the doubt, no matter the pain, no matter the fear, Jesus is the cure. Amen and amen. I hope you'll join us next week when Matthew Hansen delivers a sermon entitled, Hanging Out Like Jesus. Hanging Out Like Jesus.